Hey there, this is Niver and Niver Niverland. My guest today showed up in a costume, a banana costume. You can show up anywhere in a costume if you're him, if you're that person that can do that, get beyond themselves to kind of see another side of things and to create humor and laughter for others, to entertain. Not everybody has that in them. Not everybody that has that in them can contain it. Appropriately, this guy's an entertainer, a mixologist, a chemist, and he's a good friend. We walk through some history of our early professional years and what we learned and what we knew and what we didn't know and what it put on our path for us as our paths crossed. My friend Nick Kosovich here today on Niver Niverland, and I'm glad that you're here too. Welcome. I will never forget this. <laughs> I feel like I feel honored to yeah. be quite honest with you that you would uh, get your banana out for me. Yep. Yeah. I really wanted to just kind of level set the interview. I wanted you to know the expectations yeah. of my involvement here. Yeah. And uh, it was really going to be banana forward all along, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, here it is. Well, it's we're gonna swimming, we're gonna peel weird. we're gonna peel the layers of the banana <laughs> back yeah. today. You know, I think that um, <laughs> uh, I didn't. I wasn't surprised how good I would feel in the costume. Mm. Like that was, you know, like sometimes like, you know, like a superhero puts on his cape for the first yeah. time. I think I could do a lot of good in this. Absolutely, suit. I think I could help people. Um, I think I could, uh, you know, you could help them. Maybe even just change the little corner of the world. That I live in. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh, bring citizens uh, of Robbinsdale. <laughs> Banana man. You know, I'm helping people across the street. I'm feeding ducks, getting kicked out of stores. Yeah. Yeah. All it's that stuff. Banana sale. Just stand by the, the bananas <laughs> in the in the yeah. grocery store. Yeah. That would be like eating hey. bananas while in a banana costume. Didn't go over as well. But in but again, you know, when you sit down for your break, you can't really have the protruding banana. It's thing. you have to, you always have to be under a table or standing up. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot. It's an adult banana. This isn't. It did say adult costume. <laughs> I I think I misread that. Well, um, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Nice to see you. You too, Nick. Welcome to Niver Niverland. I know you've been dying to get on here. Whoop. <laughs> I know you've been dying to get on this show. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and um, you know I take this very seriously. I, I yes. So this is now. It's not a revenue stream or anything, but it's, um, it is. Do you think the banana is going to increase the? I mean, I thought it was a podcast, so that no one would see. No, no, there's the, Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think it through. I think. Um, well, I mean, is that something that you're? is common for you like you do things 100% <laughs> yeah some of my best work has been by not thinking through it yeah, yeah. just yeah, yeah. fucking go with it yes 
Go with what you know. Commit to the bit. (laughs) Commit to the bit. Yes. That's the name of my memoir, I think. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I I mentioned the fan that's keeping this thing. It is loud. It's loud. Are are we ready to kill it? I think we're going to be ready to kill it. All right. Here. um, I got to find it first. Again, this is only the... I slept with this on last night uh, because just the mornings are so tough. They're so tough at the house. Yeah. You know, like I can't do anything to disrupt the flow of the morning. And so if I'm going to do something like wear a banana costume, you know, I got to figure it out on my own time. So I've been up since 4 a.m. Uh, I first had the suit on at about midnight last night and <laughs> it was really loud in bed and very uncomfortable because the fan couldn't be on. And now <laughs> you see the air is. Is that up. true? Yeah. What, what part? The part that you slept in there? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> not that part, but all right. Is this better? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> it is the loudest piece of clothing ever, yeah. All right, no, that's yeah. great. I think that my 12 o'clock meeting at the bank, uh, I think is going to go better than this. <laughs> I think I'm, this is like a warm-up. <laughs> To a big presentation I had for Earl Giles today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I made a big presentation with you. Well, it felt like a big presentation at the time with you and Danowski back in the day. Oh. Dean Phillips. Yes. That was so much fun. He you, mentioned that on this podcast. I mentioned it. You did. You wrote oh, it. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. it was, you know, he was, at the, now he's running for president. Hello. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it was a pathway. He. You know, this is when we were in COVID uh, or or at the beginning of it. I, I don't remember exactly when we met, but he was there for the industry. And and even before that, he provided us a pathway. He met with us about a really good idea that yep. became really a big business for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, you know, we, were, we pitched him on a number of things, yeah. but it was a pathway. And I just appreciated that about him. I remember that uh, meeting very well. I think it was, it, it felt like the first of, I think, many opportunities in my career to meet with people maybe outside of the specific path that I'm on and take advice from successful people. It was a really good opportunity to do that. One of the first, I think. So um, I, think I have I since made lots of tonic. We, you know, we were talking about yes. tonic was one of those things. Yeah. So uh, and this is what I mean. Like, yeah. You know, people have gone on to. Some people. Yeah, do lots of other things. Yeah, so um, yeah, we still make lots of tonic syrup and our first canned tonic water will come out here very soon with Libation Projects uh, at Earl Giles, which is really exciting. So Earl Giles, uh, just coming right up, like a lot of production happening, a lot of ideas. It's been a big year. Yeah, it's been a big year. It's been a big growth year for Earl Giles. I'm, I'm very excited to be part of that team and um, I've recently taken over the CEO position of the whole company. So I've been about two months into that and it's been really great. What does that CEO mean to you? So what, what, like, I was the CEO the actual, of the no, no, is that like, no, chief executive officer, <laughs> yeah. but what clown chief executive clown. officer. Yeah. Clown, <laughs> mostly clown executive <laughs> officer. Yeah. Uh, no. So I was running no, the bottling congratulations. company. Thank you so much. And so, you know, Earl Giles as a business has, the bottling company, which is all the non-alcoholic mixers, citrates, elixirs, all that stuff. 
Then there's the distillery. We now produce gin, rum, vodka. We just launched three liqueurs. Uh, and then there's the restaurant. So those three businesses kind of have their own teams and things like that. And so I was running the bottling company side of it and now have kind of taken a more, you know, uh, uh, you know, holistic approach to the business, which I'm really excited about. Jesse and I just put together our first menu on the in the bar, uh, revamping the bar program, which has been really exciting. And we got really great feedback from the bar team and the guests uh, alike. And uh, so that's been really exciting. And then, yeah, just, you know, next year is going to be about growth. We're going to grow into more states, sell more spirits and liqueurs in more states. And, you know, the bottling company side of the business has really taken off in the last two years, double revenue the last two years, which is great. And, uh, you know, we're the prep kitchen for bars, restaurants and hotels throughout North America and beyond. And, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, a wild ride. Yeah. Congratulations. It takes a while to get to a place where you feel like you can maybe like do all that too, right? Yeah, I think I did it again. You know, I, I feel pre-pandemic with Bitter Cube and traveling, I was, you know, gone from home 60% of the year and up to my ears in work and overwhelmed. And then it took a pandemic to kind of break that cycle for me. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think I've pretty much gotten back to that, that level of not traveling, but level of workload. And it all works when it works. And then yeah. when you get sick babies and, um, you know, a sick partner and, uh, and then all of a sudden uh, that, that big mountain of work that you've put in front of you starts to feel a little heavier. Mm. Um, but, uh, navigating it, uh, as best as possible. So, yeah. But, you know, I, su I suppose when you're a leader or looking for, you know, just to keep your passions going and you know, your expressions through your work and the things, cause you're always been a creative person. I, stopping may not be an option. Really? I'm not sure you'd be happy there in without innovation. Right. I mean, you, when we, I ran into you here a, few, a couple months back, right. Yeah. And you asked me this question that still kind of sits with me. I've thought about it often. And it was the, uh, do you feel successful? And I said, no. And you were like, man, you are. And like that perception and that just that one question you asked me, I've thought about over and over and over. And I wonder if like, is it that lack of that feeling that continues to make me drive or vice versa? Which one of those begets the other, uh, is a question I've pondered quite a well, bit. Sometimes you work too hard to enjoy what you've done. Because what you've done is something that has to be sustained every day. Yeah. And every day is a new challenge or if you're pushing or, or, or scaling or, or whatever it is, man, you know, there's a lot of energy that has to go into that. Yeah. You know what helps uh, the, with the balance is the roommates. <clears throat> you know, these little kids, and they're my children, but I call them roommates. It just makes it easier around the house. They don't pay any rent and they eat a lot of berries, but they are adorable <laughs> and they, des they demand being picked up from school at five o'clock every day. Mm. And, uh, they need to be fed and cared for, for at least a couple hours. And like that middle part of the day is so sacred and really has helped kind of, I think, keep me grounded, you know, uh, you know, everything's got to get done in a specific amount of hours now. And, uh, you know, I think Owen's 19 years old now he's out of the house, he's at school and, uh, we've kind of started that uh, path all over again, and it's been wildly exciting and uh, uh, scary at times. Grounding. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's been, we were in the hospital with Maple for four days over Thanksgiving. She was sick, and that's, you know, the first time we've done that with the with the girls, so that was, that was scary. Really but, humbling. Um, yeah, yeah. So all of this goes on at once. You can't stop it. It's what you've started. Yep. 
it's your fault. <laughs> You've done all of this. Yeah, yeah. Life, life is bananas, man. Yeah. Really <laughs> that's one. I'm gonna, that's one banana. Right, meow. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is this is Nick Kasovich and also Never Never Land. Did I, did I already introduce the show? No, we have not done that. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? This is Never Never Land with Nick the Banana Kasovich today. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Nick Banana Kosovic. I am so warm. <laughs> the I fan wish. is up. The ass fan. <laughs> yeah, the fan is the ball off. The fan is off. And now I'm wearing uh, a trash bag over uh, long underwear, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, my original plan was to wear clothing that I could change into, but it didn't seem like I was committing to the bit enough. And so this was, you know, I drove here in this. There was no other way to present it to you other than from the street. So yeah, there's a lot of time put into this thought. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. yeah. I think uh, moderate uh, reviews so far. By whom? <laughs> I don't think a moderate. No <laughs> moderate reviews came out of here. This is a very positive review. Uh, there were some people on the but street. But you walked up the stairs, surprised. and I have one blind open. You walked up the stairs, and I look out kind of slow, dopily, and there you stand in this banana outfit, and you're like, <laughs> you know, here I fucking am. Yeah. You said dress up. So. Uh, dress up yes uh this this is it actually this is it what what's that this is what you do i, I hope so this is what you do all the time mm -hmm. it's not just uh you know maybe making something taste good or you know being you know made professionally or like you know a, a product but it's this uh, thing about you, the attitude, the spirit, the the humor. Um, I don't know. I can't look at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know it is. It's like that. You know, this this is it. This is this is Nate Kasovich. Kind of take it or leave it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of always been that way. I think so. Yeah. Um. But. Obviously, you're much older and more mature now. Yeah, I well, I'm older. Visibly, <laughs> I'm visibly older. Yes, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of my my career and my work right now that I don't get to be front facing to guests. So, uh, you know, the things that I'm doing at Mr. Paul's mm. Supper Club with the Balloon Emporium, um, we do dinner in the Drinks Apothecary at Earl Giles, and those are. 14 to 16 guests at a time, seven courses, and it's, you know, me and another bartender and Tommy or me and, and a few folks at Earl Giles. And those, <clears throat> those moments are the moments where I still get to do all of that, where I, I get to do the show. And, you know, um, we were, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about- you go to the about, bank too. I also go to the bank. Yes, I meet with bankers and I also talk about growth and it, yeah. yeah, I manage folks and yeah, I do all those things. A lot of my day-to-day -day right now is is really in the R&D side of the business. So, yeah. you know, we have so much coming down the Earl Giles pipeline for uh, cocktail development and product development and working with partners. And, you know, while we're building the Earl Giles brand, we're also working with people creating their own dreams as well. And so it's this incubation uh, opportunity in this creative space. And so like, that's where a lot of the creativity comes in right now. And then, you know, again, it's also so hard to be gone at night with kids under two years old. So these, you know, three, four times a month, get in front of a handful of people and, you know, dress up as a banana. Mm -hmm. Usually. 
and yeah. and invite them into the spirit of your spirit worlds you know like the it's not just you obviously but you know like i think this well back when we met it was kind of like i've i didn't i was like who's this fucking guy nick you know he's got attitude he tells me what i'm doing wrong kind of already like mm. um you know he had an opinion whether i liked it or not and i and i think i wasn't at that point in my career necessarily open to many other opinions uh but he always had one and it always seemed relevant enough and spirited enough and funny enough that you know like the things that you said were like you know just kind of convinced us who you were and that that's it this is what i'm saying this is it that town talk time you know for me was a place to really polish something that I think I knew I had, but I had never seen anybody do as gracefully as you. And so watching you host there, <clears throat> I was cutting my teeth in that way and not as gracefully as you, you know, like, like watching you gracefully hold that door and then me being like, oh, I can do that. And then people leaving, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like <clears throat> I felt like those, those few years at town talk, I was able to like watch somebody hold court watch somebody you know poke at people but for like their own enjoyment and enjoy that level of like i'm giving you great service and great hospitality i'm also bringing you to my level and making you meet me here and you're an, a, an equalizer you equalize the room and you bring everybody in, in and like that whole thing that we were doing there i've been trying to recreate for so long and town you know mr paul's supper club is really one of the first times i've felt that again not an opportunity to do that. I that walked in there and it just, it lifts you up. Yeah. It lifts you up. It, there's a spirit and it, and you know, it's elevating. You like immediately, if you at all sense energy, you know, like it's elevating. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. So town talk obviously was, you know, I, I think it was kind of, well, it was my, my first place. And I was as close to some of the more fine dining aspects of my career, even though I was wearing like I was working, serving at Axel's and writing my name upside down in crayon on the table, mm. you know, like to, to get to, to, to get by, to do what you need to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter. You know, it was, I think that was the lesson. I worked for great people at, at Axel's and, you know, they knew I was going to open a restaurant and that, I told him in the interview and I just want to work here. And, you know, it kind of grounded me into what's real and what people, real people like and how sometimes it is the fact that they know your name and that you scribbled it somewhere so that they can connect with you. You know, it's an invitation. And so um, with everything kind of combined and then finding a, you know, partner like AJ and somebody who could cook like David Vlock, which was incredible and Tor Westgard, who actually saved my ass a couple times, you know, so, um, and then you, and then a cast of others that yeah. kind of like jumped on that, <clears throat> that energy. And, and, and it, it's it very visceral. I remember opening the town talk and, um, and I forget her name cause I do that. Uh, are you good with names? Mm, no. Okay. I forget her <laughs> name. She went to South, I think, you know, just a cute 16 year old wait assistant, never mm -hmm. been in the business before. Mm -hmm. You're now trained, you know, by some really good people. And it was, you know, this is, I don't know, a long fucking time ago. And anyway, that visceral thing where you had to like flip the four 
sets of lights on mm -hmm. like and then you know the hum you know like kind of just you're turning that fucker on mm -hmm. it's like uh it wasn't necessarily a sports car it was more of a hot rod you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah you know a lot about that sure yeah big car guy <laughs> a I'm glad you kept it a car in reference. a station wagon <laughs> in a banana uh, costume. So yeah, not a big. Uh, yeah, are we going to talk about football as well? No, Tim? Is no, that, we yeah. did a little bit already. Yeah. The Bills won this week, which was really great. Anyway, so that visceral feeling of that, like you, like you literally with the lights go mm -hmm. on, you know, and we were humming inside like that too. I don't know exactly um, how that all transpired. I don't know, you know, like. I don't remember saying, okay, guys, this is how we're going to act. I don't think so. I think like you, like to me, the interviews that I had, it felt like it was not even really known what we were going to be doing. Like it was like, this is what this place is. This is what this place will allow us to do. Like I remember it being very much about like the history of it. And then this attitude of like forcing it, forcing this finer dining aspect into this place that already had all this soul and it kind of evolved in its own. Um, you know, I was, um, I, uh, I got to meet with Eric, uh, uh, what Cacciatore is that? Uh, yeah. 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 And we were talking about it and he, he kind of flipped it on me cause I was, you know, waxing nostalgic about town talk and he's like three years in a business. It's not really that successful, is it? You know? And I was like, womp womp. And I was like, Oh yeah. My, my vision of that time. And I think a lot of people's is this like positive, high energy where we all learned and did this really great special thing. Yet it was also still hard. And I can only imagine how hard it was for you. I wasn't part of any of that. I was just the guy, you know, spray painting with <laughs> lick, lick, liquids behind the bar and, you know, trying to be this, this new energy behind a bar and working with Aaron every day, fighting with him, <laughs> you know. Getting cock blocked yeah, by him. Getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you pulling us outside and being like, you two figure it out, you know. And like there was like a familial element to that that I've, I've never really experienced again either, you know. Like it was very, very special, but well, hard. See, and I, I mean, is longevity actually the, uh, what makes success a success or what makes something worth remembering or I don't know how many restaurants has Eric opened. Listen, you know, like it's, it's the thing that happens is when you do it and you decide to do it, mm -hmm. sometimes it clicks. Sometimes it's just energy. Sometimes the business doesn't work. Sometimes it really fucking works. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of knives in my bag at that time. They weren't all sharp. They, they just weren't all sharp. Mm -hmm. And I was just starting. Mm -hmm. So what you thought I knew or what I thought I knew, a lot of it wasn't fucking true. Mm. And I learned it quick, mm. you know, but that doesn't mean it's not a success. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, well, I, I guess I got a little hairy about that. Eric's great. He's so smart. And he asked me some things that, you know, he's got that little, that, He's got a little probe on him too, you know. I mean, he's like looking at us, you know, kind of like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, trying to be like, you know, we don't know him. Mm -hmm. But that's still a little bit of that attitude that, again, that that this is who you are, and 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 how, you know, that energy actually can you, you know, part of part of part of what lives on after however many years mm 
is that memory. That's what we do for people right. anyway. What we provided and how fucking fun it was yeah. when that place was fucking packed. You know, like there was no room for it not to be packed. That little fucking bar. Mm -hmm. And it's a diner and the swivel chairs didn't work appropriately. You felt it. There was so much real there already. And again, yeah. you know, maybe that's it now. Maybe I'm remembering, you know, you just take what the place gives you, kind of. Yep. This is what it is. And it's a fucking city. And we're on Lake Street. And so you better have a little bit of the, how you doing? Mm -hmm. Good? Cool. You know? But then, you know, things on top of it got, you know, like, like weird for some people, you know, like the bar would be full or whatever, and a complete fucking stranger would walk in, and we'd just be like, "Yeah, the whole fucking bar just start fucking right. clapping yeah, for yeah, him," yeah. and they'd be like, "Whoa!" We're like, "No, you, no, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. here." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I <laughs> we love had that, people man. walk out, yeah, feel overwhelmed and walk out. Yeah, I mean, those <laughs> but, were like the but, most coveted seats for a while, just sitting there and watching that whole yes. thing happen was incredible. I think the ripple effect of Town Talk has been incredible as well. I mean, I think that uh, especially in the bar side of things, like that is, you know, of the family tree of cocktails in this this town, like a lot of people, you know, were, were involved in that in some way, shape or form. And maybe not always behind the bar, but there are a lot of people that came and watched it. Yeah. You know, Jesse Held's origin story, not of, as a bartender, but, you know, flipping into cocktails was from him and Emma sitting there and as guests. And then, you know, one day he ends up working there and, and, and now, you know, his name's on the front of this incredible distillery in, in, in Northeast. And um, so, yeah, no, I, I guess like for me, I think it's just interesting Kim how Tong and yeah. Adam Man, Johnson, gosh, like everybody yeah. kind of was a superstar there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's up to the individual, though, to to take that energy and to be able to kind of expound on it over and over and over again and bring it to the literal table over and over and over again. And you said yourself, sometimes, you know, you feel like you don't really have the opportunity to be front facing and, you know, like, well, I mean, maybe that helps your career a lot. You know, it's really a lot of energy going out, but you get to specify and you get to kind of like bring a specific level of entertainment to it yeah and it's, it's very particular for me now so like there's not a lot of me behind a bar where like anybody can come and sit at the bar like that to me has been less and less like you know i really much more prefer the like people that i mean it's it's a show you bought a ticket to come eat and drink with me and my team and we're gonna have fun and you know that has been the most rewarding part of all of that and being able to continue to do that you know i think that at mr paul's that po'boy shop was going to be offices right like in the original drawings like that was just going to be where everybody did their work and then tommy came up with this po'boy idea and then from there the po'boy shop was only going to be done during the day Mr. Paul's at night. What are we going to do with this room? And now, you know, we get to do the most exciting, fun stuff there. I think it's really cool to have that like appendage of creativity where we can, you know, the bulk of the work is happening in that big room, but you know, to be able it's to a stage do, set. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Blenders really add, don't they? Having a blender behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> blender bar. Yeah. Blenders. We do more, we're more of the slushy machine bar, but uh, yeah, not a lot of blenders behind I think our really bar. really she'd look into the blender <laughs> ice cream freezer. Yeah. Thing. You ever put alcohol in ice cream? Yeah. I feel like, you know, the adult malts at Town Sock were done the most difficult way. 
<laughs> it was like <laughs> the hardest <laughs> ice cream in the world and, and done in a blender where, you know, a slushy machine would have really, really turned that into uh, uh, maybe a profitable beverage. Looking, yeah. looking back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In hindsight. Yeah, I mean, well, just I mean, there was, at that ice. Yeah, there was yeah. so much, there were so many extras mm -hmm. and so many things we yeah. gave to people that were slightly unexpected. Mm -hmm. Surprise and delight. Generous. Yeah, looking at that original menu and the prices too, <laughs> pretty incredible. It's, pretty incredible. $5 cocktails, you know, pretty incredible. My tiny teenies. And, mm -hmm. you know, we made some of the ordinary, you know, special. Yeah. You know, just the way you serve something. And it was nice having a place with that type of edge, to yeah. be honest. My uh, whole career really launched from that place. I mean, at that same time, I'd, I I was starting to compete in the Bombay competition and finally took third in the country for that and became an ambassador. And then, you know, after the Theros group took over uh, Town Talk, I, I stayed for a bit and then left at the end of 2009 and started Bitter Cube, you know, but those those original, you know, first formulas of bitters were, were happening behind that bar, you know, because there was no access to that stuff back then. Uh, and, uh, you know, a storied career for, for me personally came out of that tiny finer diner, which yeah, is great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, that, like I say, you know, it takes the individual though to kind of harness that energy and not that I gave that to you, you always had it. It's innately in people who want more or are looking for some sort of other definition for themselves or, you know, an expression, you know, it's your, it's our art in a way. And I know I'm not trying to romanticize it too much, but you know, you, it is, it's what we do. Yeah. You're, I, this is, you're, a, you're a, you're an artisan. As a know, theater like, kid who, you know, at that time, you know, Owen was still young. I still was, hadn't gotten a divorce yet. I got divorced during that time at Town Talk. And, um, you know, I was struggling with identity and who, who I was and where I was going. I was trying to go back to school to be an English teacher because I had a kid, so I quit playing music. I had originally went to school for theater. I was a stand-up comedian. That bar and that restaurant was the first time, by watching you, I realized like I could put all of those things back together again. And mm. then, you know, mm. now I'm in control of the music. Now I'm in control of the vibe. Now I'm setting the stage. And now I'm bringing this whole other level. It's not just eating and drinking. It's this, the entertainment of hospitality. And that was the first place, you know, like, and having you there to, to support it, defend it, curb it, <laughs> calm it down. But like, you know. I didn't get, do a lot of curbing. Well, yeah, but, right, exactly. Cause we'd get a complaint about the music. And you're like, nope. We're keeping it loud, you know, like that. You're know, like that juxtaposition of what that place was 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 really special, and 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 it really did form me as a individual in the the hospitality industry. It's not really ever about saying no with that attitude. It's kind of like, hey, this is how it is, you know, and just, you know, this is how we are. Yeah, we're a little loud, we're a little boisterous. Yep, you know, um, it's okay to make fun of people a little bit and of yourself and, you know, kind of be, you know, like strong, yeah. confident. Like yeah. I, I can say how I want to say it to you. I'm really happy to have you here, but put your name on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll it's take the great care of you, but list. you know, like, you're like, Oh, you're a go governor of something. Yeah. yeah well, you're still I, number okay, five. Right. The <laughs> actual time that you got here. Yeah. 
you know, we can see what the people ahead of you did. And it's a little different any dying night, Mr. Paul. <laughs> I think that we've carried it forward as best as we can. But like at the beginning, like there were some complaints where like, I don't know why the bar manager thinks he needs to stand on the table and bang on pots and pans. That was a comment uh, that fair. I mean, yeah. Why is the music so loud? Fair, you know, so there's some, you know, edges that we've rounded a little bit to uh, to care for that population and a larger population of people. But uh, we're doing our best over there. To, Do you to think a restaurant alive. that was just like quiet on purpose, like you go in there and you have to be quiet? Do you think that would work conceptually? I mean, I think that there are those around like for sure. Naturally or on purpose? Well, I like, mean, like, you know, um, Eric Anderson was at Qua in San Francisco. Uh -huh. And, you know, Qua is a very quiet restaurant. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, and I always ate there by myself, uh, which is the best, I think, way to eat Eric's food. Um, and I just like remember how you walk into a room like that. You walk into like a really high end restaurant and sometimes it's almost like the entryway into that experience almost pulls you. You're like, yeah, this isn't, you know, this isn't about you necessarily. So, you know, calm it down, you know, quiet it down, I think. Um, yeah, I think those restaurants do exist. Um, they're not necessarily for me or not something that I would be part of, but uh, I have been to them for sure. <laughs> I kind of miss the finer edge, you know, even day to day, even the way that I, you know, run around in the restaurant sometimes. I wish I could. I wish we could go back. Matt said he saw uh, um, a clip of me back in the day with a suit on at Aquabeat. And I I, I kind of miss some of that. Mm. But I'm, I didn't end up with it because it's so hard to do that every day and be, you know, an, a natural human mm. in your business. And I think that's always kind of what I wanted to be was kind of a, a pretty natural human like I, I don't you know I'm just like you I have my day too and you know like understanding that we're together in this more than you know you're just a guest you know like being a guest is one thing but you know treating each other like like looking at each other in the eye mm -hmm. or you know like the simple basic humanities you know I, I think that's just so important and maybe and and maybe just kind of being a natural human and acting as you are is is the concept. I wore a suit every day for a very long time. Like probably up until the pandemic, I was mostly a suit person. Like I wouldn't really leave the house without that level of armor on me. And I feel like it was a flip of like, I wore a suit to define, to help define what I was obtaining. And then at some point, I don't know, I feel like, Pretty recently, I felt like me wearing a suit was almost taken away from that. Like, I felt like I was intimidating for no reason. Like, what's the point of dressing like that? You know, especially if no one else is dressing like that. My you uniform <laughs> is an apron and it almost always has been. Yeah. 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 I, you know, yeah. like, I, I consider myself a blue collar worker. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I haven't been much of a suit wearer as of late. Um, more banana good, forward more, yeah, costumes and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And um, how are you doing in there? Are you getting a little the? It's fine. It's schmaltzy. really. It's actually uh, uh, regulated. <laughs> I think I could cook a hot dog in here, uh, um, <laughs> but my body has acclimated. You are so. cooking in a way a hot dog in yep. there. Hey, uh, do you want some more coffee? I do. Yeah. I'm gonna go grab that. One sec. Hi. Hey. This is again Never Neverland. We have the actual 
non-banated Nick Kostovich with us today. Well, I feel good, welcome yeah. back to the I microphone. I feel good. I'm in my element. I look good. Um, you know, as a bald man, when you miss one haircut, you look uh, disheveled very quickly. And I realized that today that I was looking pretty disheveled in my banana costume. Um, I was hoping the banana would kind of detract from the beard. There's grays popping out of my beard now. And oh, is that unattractive? No, that's not what I said, Tim. Uh, I just don't have enough of it yet. <laughs> and they grow at a, an exceptional rate of like faster. Yeah. yeah, it's like the movie Cars, but with facial hair. <laughs> you just got uh, Mater and these just, white just, yeah. Bam. Yep, yep. Uh, here we are. They just pop out of there, huh? Yep. Them gray hairs. I've, uh, you know, I think it's added to my look. I think the gray is really, you know, I used to call it a racing stripe, and now it's all. It's all there, yeah. yeah. It's very. I have to go with it. I just needed like, start a tequila company or something <laughs> like that. that would, Bar boss. Bar boss. Where are you taking us? No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure where I'm taking her heard, heard. Where do you want to go? Well, I mean, I feel like I brought a lot to the beginning with the costume and, you know, all Oh, that. it's my turn now to yeah. like do, do something. <laughs> well, okay, now entertain us. I, now yeah, you yeah. entertain <laughs> I think it, I, I've been thinking about how, you know, entertainment's a big part of you being you and the, the spirit of the places you are being you, an extension of you. Uh, do you get tired of that? Like having to press that energy forward and and uh, you must have like an army of people that are still on board with that type of energy, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's a new newer team, right? You know, obviously I had a pretty big team during the Bitter Cube kind of heyday before the pandemic. And then, you know, Bitter Cube kind of discombobulated and recombobulated and Ira and I, you know, split things up uh, mid, mid pandemic. Um, and then kind of went out on my own, started Drinks Apothecary, just me. And then, you know, very quickly as I was working with, you know, Jeff and Jesse uh, at Earl Giles, they were kind of co-packing for me. Um, and we kind of made it through the pandemic together. You know, Jesse and I were doing cocktail classes for anybody and whoever would throw a little money our way for online stuff. And we were sending cocktail kits out. And um, it just became very clear that like we were, I think already on very similar paths, but like now our paths are like right there looking at us. And so, um, you know, there was uh, some opportunity there for me to kind of just come on board and basically fold this new business that I had into Earl Giles. Um, and now, fast forward two years now into it, I have a team um, of people that, that are working directly with me, but then even bigger. I mean, there's, you know, I think 85 employees, maybe more now there um, that are, you know, I guess technically all under my, uh, you know, uh, guise in some capacity. Um, but on the bottling company side of it, yeah, there's, you know, a guy named Mike Byrne, who is the director of operations there and works very, very closely with me. And Jeff Urkla is head of R&D. So we work you know, together every day. And then, I mean, our production team is, I think, eight strong now. Um, Distillery has five employees. So, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we are building uh, another great, you know, cast of characters and people that are really dedicated and come from all different, um, you know, vantage points and, and levels of experience. But um, it has been really exciting to rebuild that. And, you know, there's some of the stuff that I'm doing that's the same as it was in Bitter Cube and then a lot that isn't. And I think that, you know, the big vision that we have for Earl Giles is this, you know, custom 
customization package. This idea that like we can make things easy behind a bar, but still have your own signature on it, your own twist on it. And so that idea is really what's been fueling this R&D growth for us and just continuing to produce products for, you know, locally and nationally bars and restaurants. And it's been really great. And I think that the idea really became more valuable to people post pandemic. We're trying to reopen. You don't have the same staff. You don't have the same talent uh, pool that you were working with before. How do we make things more efficient, more affordable, more effective, more consistent? And the products that we're producing do all of that. They answer all those questions. And I think that's what puts us ahead of a normal distillery. We are a service. What I try to tell everybody is we're a hospitality company over anything. We make products, but what we're really doing is trying to give bars the ability to have more hospitality and less work, right? More, less busy work during service, more efficiencies. And, you know, that's why everything's on tap. You know, Mr. Paul's everything, tap, pour over. And you get the minor complaint about that or people look at it from the wrong lens and all of it is for the guest. So much of my career was self-centered in like the enjoyment that people were getting from it was a byproduct of me getting enjoyment from it, you know? And now at 42 and in this new position, flipping it all and going, what can we do so that the guest has the best and most ease of enjoyment? And that's kind of what we're trying to provide now. So the, yeah, taking it out of the restaurant, putting it in the home, giving people time, giving people convenience, giving people quality. And then you have chef like Tommy, who's like a jovial sort too, huh? Like, yeah. And I mean, then, Mr. And Paul's then a team. Been great. We just hit our two-year anniversary. Yeah. The team wow. there, the team there, like no turnover. <clears throat> and again, I think that I think that there's a part of the part of the bar team's consistency and lack of turnover and commitment to the program and happiness in that employment is the way that we are doing the bar program. The fact that you know a bulk of the ingredients come to them prepared for them in the batching process is this mix, this spirit, this water in a keg, what a smaller team is able to do during service, what a smaller team is able to do with batching, all is happening in a much easier environment, right? I think that, you know, if you think about like Eat Street Social, for example, that was like the hardest program we've ever done, you know? I mean, we had somebody downstairs 40 hours a week just making ice, you know, there were people that were just downstairs prepping for a full-time job. Um, you know, how do you get away from that? How do you make that profitable? You know, so it's it's hard. It's hard to do. And so, you know, we've we've margin, found these finding yeah. margin. Yeah, exactly. In different ways. Yeah. So the consistency, the tap, the, the tap cocktail nature of it, the expansion of that across the country has been a very successful path for us. Mm -hmm. And are you? Like on, like in how many states are you in right now? Is I would say we're probably represented in all states now, all 50 states. Um, we have big partnerships with hotel chains like Marriott. So we're producing cocktail mixes for all the Aloft hotels, Moxie, uh, all the new hotels that open under the Marriott guys. We've got, uh, you know, different products in all of their different tiers of, of hotels. And cool. we're actively pursuing, you know, more of those. Uh, so I think that, as, you know, there is something that we make that's definitely represented in every uh, state right now. Um, and that's for the non-alcoholic side. The consulting side of the business is still, you know, increasing more and more. We've got projects in California, Ohio, new projects here locally. And you know, we just did Guy Noy was a really successful one for this year. Um, again, 
that's such an amazing uh, example of what we're capable of. Uh, you know, we trained everybody. So there wasn't, there's not a bar team. Everybody learned how to make these drinks in a very short window. I mm. had, I had two days with everybody and, and maybe four hours each day to go through the, the training and show them how to make these drinks. But then when they look and they're like, all the drinks that are on tap are all six ounce pours. You just have to remember the glass and the garnish. You just see everybody, like the weight lifts off of everybody. And what they're able to do out of that building right now is pretty incredible. And so that, that's been a big successful one for us. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's, and the quality is good. Yeah. Quality is good. I had a, a delicious cocktail. Mm. And I love the fact that everybody can do it. You know, we have Moochies is so small. You know, we have a small, everything's small. So we have a small list of this, a small list of that, but everybody makes the cocktails. Everybody yep. shakes or stirs a little bit to make sure that it's, you know, true to its form and delicious yeah. and simple and straightforward, you know. Um, the show, though, the entertainment, uh, how do you, how, how do you actually, how do you actually get people, somebody else to do it, though, right? Like, it was us at Town Talk. We were, we were the show. And then you said, then you said to yourself, well, you know, it's about me and now it's about the guest, but uh, who, how do you get other people to like go on that show with you? Right. It's, you said it already in this, in this, uh, conversation was that you, you didn't make me that way. Right. So it's really about finding those people. It's, I think it's hard to try to force that into people. And I think that it's also kind of, for me, when I'm building a bar team, not everybody needs to do that thing. You kind of have one or two, somebody that, and then I think also is like, not trying to replicate it from my vantage point, but trying to get each individual to get their, we call it bartender bravado, right? We used to call it Niver Niver something or another, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, this idea of like, you know, head up, chest out, know what you're doing, be educated in what you're doing. And so for me, the platform that we do is to provide the training and the education to make people feel comfortable and confident. So it's it's everybody's own confidence. No one's gonna be me behind the bar, poking and punching. And But if I can get other people to do that version in their way, then we're winning. And I think that Mr. Pauls is a great example of that. You've got Bill and Dante and Ainsley. Uh, you've, got, you've got this team of people back there that in their own way, they are all confident. They're confident about what we're doing. They believe in it and they know about it. And I think that like, you know, the bar world especially is one of those final frontiers where you can really work your whole career and phone it in, you know? And, and I've seen this in my traveling and my training, like, you know, I'm opening up a, a hotel in the middle of Ohio and I'm working with people who have 20, 30 years of bar experience, but don't know the difference between bourbon and rye. And so, you know, you can see that there's that, you can phone it in, you can punch in and out and not, not, not know how to talk about the four different aperitivos behind your bar and things like that. And so to me, providing the education and, and finding easy ways for them to uh, absorb that education, I think is the path. And then that, whenever you have that education, increases your confidence. And then when you have confidence, you can actually go to person and actively sell, like actively promote uh, who you are, how you are actively, you know, get it, get in their wallet a little bit with the charm, the riz, right? Is that <laughs> <what it is? laughs> 
the Riz. The Riz, yeah. Riz? Yeah. You say the Riz? I or don't. You say Riz. I don't say either of those Why? things. I, well, I'm an old man, I think, is probably the first one. I feel like, I feel like um, Owen cringes when I try to talk hip and with it. And he is my metric. You know, I tried to lay a Riz on him in the car and he was like, don't. Don't take this from me, dad. Uh, yeah. Uh, charisma, though, it is. I think that is what it is. Uh, and I think everybody has their own individual charisma. I think that Tommy and I, uh, when we opened Mr. Paul's, I think we were hoping that we would have more, like, I think we. It, it felt like we wanted to force that, like, let's go, let's go, let's do this, you know? And then you slowly When you're, like, back. banging the pots <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when guests are wondering why I'm on the, on the table banging <laughs> pots and pans. But we did find our swan song there was you know really laying into the birthday and like we you know throw like we would make up that it was someone's birthday you know like you just like all right it's bill's birthday tonight happy birthday bill everybody like that birthday energy even if it like we have we have saying happy birthday to no one in that restaurant because that that is the best. That's the best. Whose birthday is it? Fuck if I know. But man, everyone's singing. That's everyone's having a good time. Yeah. You know, it's the Who it's cares the Irish. Yeah, it's Dear the Irish pub song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is, I think, a great example of trying to just create that energy. And you know, the fun thing is that it Mr. Paul's is you sit at the bar. Next time you guys sit at the bar, just start singing "Happy Birthday." <laughs> And it'll, Somebody, yeah, it'll someone's going to join in. Yeah. And it'll grow. And the whole restaurant, suddenly you got people at the other end of the bar and they're just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like that's what we want, you know? And, uh, that's again, like we found a way to kind of transition from yeah, yeah. East Lake street to Edina. How do you make it? You sing happy birthday to no one. That's how it is. Yeah. It's people. It is the people <laughs> that also have that, that, you know, like that spirit to live. Like there's a spirit of life. There's always a, humorous something you can get out of what you do all day long our business really like if i had to say one thing i could not do without in our business is all the laughter like <laughs> is all of the ball busting all of the i mean that really is the essence of the day you know with with the people you work with too you know like it's just it, it's part of that it, it is part of what drives you and you you put people around you purposefully if you put people around you purposefully that can, you know, have that energy in their own way, that spirit in their own way, as they say, and push through with it and be genuine in their way, whatever it is, whatever it is, quiet, like you say, like whatever part of it is. I think about this guy, Dave, who's worked at David, who's worked at Moochie's basically the whole time. And he doesn't ever have to say a lot, but Everybody loves this guy. He doesn't really say a ton, but everybody just like mad respects him. Mm. And he is really important. And I don't think he'd ever say that about himself, but like he's, he's one of the, well, Courtney, I mean, there's a lot of them, but it, you know, it's just like, he doesn't have to exert on anything to have the respect that he gets. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just naturally happens him and he's like he really is one of those tightly woven threads within the culture the joint that everybody kind of has this it's not even quiet respect we fucking tell him mm -hmm. you're the best you know and he's just kind of like whatever you know hmm. it's important and i think about you know like the ties we had you me and aj and a lot of the other people that that came through that bar and 
you know, we were, I think we were, I just remember us talking about treating drinks like food. You know, why don't people treat drinks with the same amount of care and tenderness and even with the same products, you know, like, you know, like, um, it just made it, made it like, you know, we're not just bartenders and I wasn't, I had never been behind the bar. Like I might have pulled my first bar shifts probably. Yeah. I had only really bar backs. I mean, you hired me as a server. That was supposed to be where I was headed. And then I think with Aaron behind the bar, I wanted to head that way. But, you know, my my bartending, I had bartended a little bit at the Palomino, but again, like, Palomino, I, man. yeah, man, I mean, that's where I learned all my, you know, uh, kind of structure, I think. And like, but like I, you know, you guys get, had this independence that I had never, I didn't know existed. I didn't know that you could not be in a corporate restaurant, you know, mm. like the idea that mm. you guys were doing this thing on your own was new to me at that time. And to watch it all unfold and be part of it was, me too. was so it was new exciting. To me too. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was definitely an environment where we fed off each other, where we fed off that energy with each other. And I think it really propelled us. I think it was like, a it was an explosion. It was, it was us coming together creatively and taking the reins off because there are not having any reins and maybe we should have had some. We should have had some. <laughs> we needed the rains. Yeah. We needed some rains. But yeah, man, you know, it was just providing ourselves the opportunity to taste things that we hadn't tasted before or, yeah. you know, whether we were doing it the right way or not, shaking things with other things that hadn't been shaken before or, you know, like just kind of mastering palate and, you know, walking through it, what it was like to, to be fully creative and to have what a clunker is or what a, you know, with something that lives on like a Jackson Pollock lives on or something like that, you know, that becomes signature mm -hmm. or, or, oh man, it was, it was we, really, it was really good time. I, we, we took that to the strip club too. You know, it was only 08 or whatever when we opened that. And yep. uh, we were able to, I, I don't, you know, not necessarily, I guess, it was a little more refined, but it was still the same attitude, really. And um, it's nice to be able to walk through that a little bit with you, you know, and, and find in the history that kind of like the building blocks for for things for myself. Like, I, you know, I don't think the town talk would have been the same without you. Thank you. But it sure as fuck would have been good. Yeah. Like, I don't think I opened not good places, but man, you, you know, like, I, I think you, you showed me as much as I showed you. Mm, wow. I don't well, you know, people who people have that that in, that drive, you know, like that that pushes me along, and you know, and I, you know, far far surpass me in diversity of project and ability, and like I just, you know, it's just amazing, you know, like to to see you now and and just you know how much you're doing, and even you know cannabis and I mean you're just like really reaching every facet of your of your ability, like and. and and diversifying Nick. like it's really fucking cool to see thanks man appreciate I'm, that. Uh, it's a pleasure and you know like i say to be able to you know i'm not trying to wax well i am trying to wax nostalgic i guess it's more like you know like just that that reinvigorates me those thoughts reinvigorate me you know like i don't i don't always feel like like hospitality has has to come out of me i just feel like i like i said just need to be a genuine human but the entertainment and the the laughter or whatever, I don't necessarily feel like I need to provide that at my restaurant, but it's really nice to walk through that with you because 
you know, what, again, what I'm doing is just so much more simple right now. And I've, I've really found a home in it, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, just being able to be at the door, you know, like say hi yeah. to people when they walk in, you know, it's Italian food, you know, uh, but thanks. Cause it, it's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful thing to walk back through that. Um, and then just, you know, to see what's happened since and your family. Oh my gosh. So lucky. Yeah. You know, Allie and I tried to have babies for uh, three years. We had three miscarriages before Juniper was born, and uh, it was a pretty tough road, you know, lots of ups and downs through all that. And uh, uh, and then uh, right on the heels of Juniper being born to have Maple come in uh, <laughs> into the fold. Rolling it's, Yeah, it's rolling so out. wonderful. They're, they're adorable. They're, yeah. they're all adorable. Oh, my gosh. I've yeah. known Owen Awoke for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see him a few months back, and he's thriving. You know, he's doing good. He's in a very unique program. It's called uh, MICC. Uh, and it's uh, Minnesota Independent Community College. It's for kids on the spectrum that need a transition. So it's that that space before you know going to university and and uh, learning how to be on your own. You know, I think like the you know for someone like Owen to have your parents you know consistently reminding you to do everything and and you know it's this this very important transition. I think that I'm watching him thrive in, and now he's working with me at Earl Giles. He barbacks for me during these dinners, and it is. So exciting, uh, you know, watching him engage with guests and communicate with people on that way and understand hospitality from, you know, somebody with, you know, uh, uh, Asperger's, uh, you know, that, that uh, being on the autism spectrum, that is really been wonderful. And just watching him, you know, kind of see why we do this and, and the art of it and how it makes people feel has been really special. So mm. yes, I'm very, very blessed with that family. That's for sure. Mm. I'm a very lucky man. Yeah. Uh, LK works, uh, at, at Moochie's still, and basically has worked in all the, all the restaurants. And I, I left the floor. I left the floor at town talk to go have Wiley. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, you got the call. I'm like, whoa, that's like a month early. And I have this like pitching a six top dinner. I'm like, well, <laughs> wife's water broke. So uh, here's Tim soup. Baker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baker, <laughs> this is your six top. That's amazing. And I went home with a bottle of champagne or bubbles of some sort. And Chrissy's sitting there all packed up, ready to go. And, um, uh, you know, like, oh, we're going to the hospital, we're going to the hospital. And I walk in, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> let's go to the hotel. And I took my fucking laptop, you know, in that time used to be this big. And we're like, whoa, yeah, I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's just crazy. That's a long time ago, man. But yeah. family does, um, you know, mark uh, uh, another part of the success of your life. You know, just always, you know, I've, I have guilt about the time that I spend away from my family. And I think I've dealt with a lot of that guilt, but it's more understanding that you come through something and you had to go through it anyway. And the time away was necessary for the time together when it's necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, LK got in a little car accident and, you know, she, she's got her own adult life to do. And I have some time to help her, you know, get a new car and, you know, go pick her up from those things. And I would not have had that. I mean, I, I didn't have time where I could just drop everything and go and I can now. So like, it doesn't, 
it doesn't always matter. You, you're not necessarily there for them all the time. It's just, you know, certainly when you need to be that you can be and that, you know, you go, you get through a point where you can't be with them sometimes. And, and, um, and now it's nice really to actually be there with them. And I, yeah. I've been able to like put that back in my life and it's really just, you know, maybe the fact that my daughter is now 23 yeah. and we can like look at each other and bust each other's balls. We have similar interests. Yeah. And your friends. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, in a lot of, yeah. in a lot of ways, you yeah. know, and you know, like she brings the light into the house too and into the restaurant, you know, it's like when I'm not there, LK being at the door is like having an, it's certainly a niver there. Yeah. That's it's great. really, it's really fun. Her drives are different and, and I love it. You know, she's picked hard shit to do though with her life, teaching yeah. kids. You know, so it seems like, you know, like I didn't necessarily like train her well enough to do something that was easier. <laughs> yeah. But she just dives headlong into something that's the hardest. Yeah. And really important. Owen's into fashion. He's making scarves and hats and he wants to focus on fashion. And this is like a new really thing. Fucking cool. And he's like. He, he bought a loom and we're like, all right. Like, you know, we we're worried. It was just like another thing that he was like obsessed about. And then he's going to get it and he's moving on, you know, <laughs> he comes home and he like, like something like beautiful pieces of, of, uh, of uh, scarves and hats. And we're just like kind of blown away by it. And like, it's so exciting to see these kids, you know, morph into whether it's their permanent thing, but just watching them continue to be after something like, you don't need to be a scarf maker your whole life, but, love that you're going down this right now and you're doing it, you're learning about it. Maybe you put it away at some point, but that it can, that exploration I think is really exciting to see in our children for sure. I got in the car with LK yesterday and we went to a car dealership to replace the car that she got in an accident with this week. Everybody's fine. But the car got totaled, right? And it was really upsetting. But um, we went and I did some research for her and like serve it. It, it, felt, like, it felt like I had a chance to kind of recoup and it just was really great uh, to hang out with her for a minute. I went and I picked, uh, Christy drops her off at school at the moment and I pick her up from her school when she's done teaching at the moment. And uh, we get in the car and we go look at a car and I I drive the car because her wallet got stolen, right? You know, like, kid, you know, adult, adult things, but with your kid, you know? And so she, I had to dr test drive the car and I'm, anyway, She's like thanking me, like thanking me so much, like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, like I, just the result of those those hours. And then um, f for me also, it was, I don't know, just like a beautiful thing. Like she just takes my aux cord because I have an old car that has an aux cord because that's what I do. And she plugs it in and then she sings. Short for auxiliary, everybody. She sings all the way home. Oh, that's amazing. She's singing. This is, you know, just... I don't know, like, you know, like I helped her be loose enough to like sing and she, we were just in the car and she was just, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. I had the similar thing, but it was um, the song Let It Go from Frozen and it was four <laughs> times in a row and when it goes away and I try to play something else, Juniper screams at the top of her lungs and says, let it go. But you know what, June? Daddy can't let it go because it's stuck in my head. Uh, pencil in the ear, nothing works. Nothing works to get frozen out of your head. Yeah, and That's I'm, the world I'm in. I've never had it in there, so don't start. <laughs> don't start. Yeah, maybe I have actually. Reindeer are better than people. That's one of the songs, Tim. So um, this this other connection to music, um, 
you're still able to do some stuff with that, right? I am, am I still a controlling playlist person at the restaurants I'm involved in? Yes, I am 100% that. I do the music at Mr. Paul's, do the music at Earl Giles. Uh, the uh, Most of the places I consult at in the country, I'm, I'm doing the music for. And I feel that, you know, to me, I still have that like obsession with new music out there. And I, I love to be the person that shows people new artists and new songs. Yes. And I'm still that same person. That. Yeah. So uh, extensive playlists. And, uh, you know, now it's like I'll be training kids that are in their 20s and they'll be like, who you did this playlist? And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect you to listen to this type of music. And I'm like, perfect. And then my mission is is uh, accomplished here. So yeah, I'm still doing a lot of that. And to me, the you music have, is so important. Of those playlists? Yeah, absolutely. Like, On the Balloon Emporium uh, menu, there's a QR code so everyone can scan it and it goes to the playlist. And I do a different Balloon Emporium playlist every year. And then uh, all of them are available on Spotify. And um, yeah, we get people asking about them all the time. So I do, a, I do a playlist every month as well. I can invite you to the, you know, I send it out to, you know, how much is a select a few a subscription it's uh, just your friendship yeah it's a thumbs up a when lot. you get the link that's, <laughs> yes. that's a lot you're like never mind can i pay you money <laughs> about ten dollars i, I, I yeah. can do maybe 450 a month yeah 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 with all my other apps so i am still definitely that's a big part of it and you know it's funny because people how do you find time for this but for me like the the exploration of finding new music and putting music together. It's the same thing that we've been talking about this whole time. It's the creating of the vibe. And to me, I look at the bar experience as a stage. And so I want to set, I want to be exciting all of the senses, you know? So that's why my cocktails are so visual. That's why there's glitter in everybody's uh, digestive tract that's ever been into any of my <laughs> restaurants. You know, there is uh, a, an element of that. And again, it goes back to the efficiencies behind the bar. If I can make the drink come out of the keg super fast, now I've got more time to decorate. And I think that that, that decoration is the visual. It's the magic. Now I think that the world knows how to use a jigger. The world knows how to stir a bar spoon with a bar spoon like that stuff isn't as exciting as it was 15 years ago 10 years ago what can we do to bring the guest to that excitement and, and that that instagrammable you know idea of it and, and i'm not doing it for the gram by any means I'm, again i'm doing it for that to watch people's eyes light up when they drink a Sazerac with liquid nitrogen in it and we're spraying cologne and it's smoking and all of those elements I think are really special and what keeps people coming back, you know? And I think before it was really about like constant change. Like at Eat Street, it was, you know, we changed basically the entire menu every three months, but you lose something when you do that as well. And so like at Mr. Paul's, we only change a couple drinks every season and because it writes itself. It's a Midwestern supper club inspired by New Orleans. I mean, Chad GPT could probably write the menu that's on there, but so, you know, hopefully not make it as delicious. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting element to it. So, yeah. I give up on that idea. I just, it, a cannabis idea. I want to call it Canna Montana. Oh, wow. Do you think that exists? Do you think that's a good idea? Um, well, I bet in Montana that might already exist, but it doesn't mean you can't use it here. Um, and then, you know, is this like a poppy uh, cannabis yeah. concept? Wow, cool, cool, cool. What you, Disney so. and cannabis seems like a cross. Yeah, I love that you're spitballing. Here. I don't want to do Disney. I brought you so many cannabis beverages today for you to try at some point. So I can't yeah. do cannabis. Oh, you don't do cannabis? I can't. You can't. Yeah, I can't talk about it either, but I can't. It's not illegal. It's like, it's not a thing. I just, I don't know I'm what's just happening. just telling you I can't. Okay, heard. Heard. There's but a, I want to look at them. <laughs> you want to smell wanna, them. I want to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to smell the can if that's possible. Mm. Mm. 
Nick, this has just been a spectacular time. Thank you. I'm. Thanks you know, for having me. It, it's it's beautiful. Like I, like I say, you know, it's kind of a walk through some personal history, and I find you inspirational, and it's nice to see what you've done. And I, you know, like the the humor you brought, all the laughs, and even just in you know in your your visit today, you know, it's just it reminds me of this guy Tom that came into the town talk one time, and he goes, "Niver." He goes, when I'm in here, there is no war. My wife's the breadwinner and she makes love to me every night. The kids are getting A's in school. Like when I'm in here, the outside world and everything around me ceases to be a problem and it doesn't exist. And he said something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is, that is something that will never, that is like the best compliment I ever got. Like, you know, it, felt like the weight of the world was off this dude's shoulders. I have a similar experience with you in that building. Uh, you know, very quickly after we opened Town Talk, I was going through a divorce and it was a very hard time. Obviously, I was a young man, I was 26, already had married, already have a kid. Now going through a divorce, super tough, lots of weights, you know. And I remember you coming to the bar one day and I was just, you know, I think I was probably just at my wits end sitting at the bar and I, you know, visibly frustrated and having a hard time and you know you put your hand on my shoulder and you're you uh you know you blew into my ear wait no this is a different time you put your hand on my shoulder and said in here they can't get you out there the real world is out there and it's crazy but when you come in here just put it down and enjoy the fact that you're safe in here and like that has resonated with me for so long and and, and it's uh <clears throat> It's to me, that's what we're doing for our team. That's what we're doing for our guests is that like, it's not a forget forgetting of the world, but it's a, just a pause and you can use that however you want. But for me in that moment, I, I used it as for real for like got me through that, like putting the time into work, getting to work, being able to just put your phone away and put it away. And it's all going to be there waiting for you when you go back outside. But for these six hours or eight hours or sometimes 14 hours, it was a long day. So <laughs> those, those, those hours are sacred and special and safe and it's where the magic lives. Yeah. And I'll never forget that, man. So, you're in here now, yeah. you know, you're in here now. And, and so nobody else can get at you. Yeah. And I think it's a very fitting way to say thanks for all that you bring to the table and being a friend and, you know, just, pushing the envelope so others can see it and, and find inspiration in what, you know, for themselves and what you do and I do. So thanks for that, Nick. Thank you. I got a lot of love for you, man. Appreciate you thanks, and sir. your time today on Never Neverland. Niver Niverland is a production of Glean Tower Media in partnership with Tim Niver. If you live in Minnesota or Wisconsin or just the Midwest in general, please consider checking out Tim's restaurants in St. Paul. You've got St. Dinah in Lower Town and Moochie's Italian in West 7th. And for local folks specifically, you can buy Moochie's frozen products at grocery stores in the Twin Cities Metro. Locations include Lunds and Byerly's, Kowalski's, and Hy-Vee. Oh, and keep an eye out for new products on the horizon. 
Remember to support the show by subscribing on audio platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you really like the show, leave a five-star review and tell us why you like it. We also have a YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, comment, and leave a like on there as well. Small things like this help us keep the show going. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. That's where we drop all news and announcements related to the show, and you can find that at Niver Niverland. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.